0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, the unfrazzled Matt Story. That's right. Unfrazzled <laughs>
1: and freshly vaccinated. So there we go.
0: This is a pro-vaccination podcast.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, got we... my my second jab, as the Brits would say.
0: Both of us are vaccinated. Both of us are ready for the return of live in-person sporting events and traveling to 7 That is correct. That is correct.
1: Yep, yep, yep.
0: Uh, one sporting event that we almost could have traveled to, but now apparently can't, but maybe we will in the future again, was Super League football, soccer in Europe. Uh, Matt, I, as I said before we started recording, I don't totally understand. There were 12 teams and then I got that everyone bailed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so my,
1: my Cliff Notes version of, I think what it is. and, And I mean, I guess let's, let's establish this. Are you are you with the,
0: the idea or understand what the Champions League is in Europe? Yes. Okay.
1: So essentially, I, you know, the Champions League is, in some ways, I mean, it, it is and it isn't, but a, a pretty much democratic sort of, you know, thing. Like every, you know, if you're a champion or a top finisher in one of the European leagues, you go to the Champions League, you play it out. So theoretically, it is open to anyone. Now, you know, the Premier League, La Liga, you know, they have their haves and have nots just like we do in, in you know, college football and college basketball and all that. But, um, you know, like it's, it's open to anybody and you can miss it. You know, if you're you, you could be Man U, you could be Man City, Chelsea. And if you're not good enough in your Premier League, you don't go to that the next year. Well, the idea behind this was these 12 teams and they were going to theoretically add three more were going to have their own super league that that they weren't going to they were gonna they were gonna be in it full time, um and and then they'd have five rotating spots for the rest of Europe, but if you were Man U, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they mm. were in it every year. So basically, and,
0: if you're the um, Yankees and the Red Sox,
1: yeah. Now, see, so the comparison I thought about it is, and and a, a lot of people compare it to college football and like what it would be in college football. But to me, and and I'm not the only one to think this, I'm I'm stealing it a little, but it would be as though we took, instead of having the college basketball tournament, which as we know, as ASU fans, you know, you have that dream alive all the way up through March. You can be really bad, but if you win your conference tournament, you go to the tournament, you can win the national championship. A dream stays alive for everybody. Um, It would be as though like Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, and, you know, name, I don't know, 12 others said, we're going to break off. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to be in that tournament every single year. We'll give, you know, eight spots to some other programs on a rotating basis, but we are going to run the show and whether we're good, like Kentucky and Duke usually are or not good, like they were this year, we're going to be in that tournament. That to me is kind of what this was
0: yeah okay and so So what happened fell apart
1: quickly obviously i mean in 48 hours it went from announced to basically dead i
0: and and i saw that it was the english team's fan bases yeah went yeah nuts opposing this
1: yeah they did and i mean what what's interesting i guess what what's fascinating to me is just like because you mentioned, you know, it'd be like the Yankees and the Red Sox or something. And I'm thinking, well, really, that's what our pro sports are. I mean, if you if you think about the NFL, you know, you can be the New England Patriots or you can be the Detroit Lions and you're in the NFL. You know, I mean, yeah, you might not go to the playoffs. You might not win the Super Bowl and get all the, the bonuses of that. But, you know, the Lions get their share of the TV revenue, their share of the league revenue. And they haven't been good for a long time, or the Bengals, or, you know, name the franchise. And, yeah. and so I think in the U.S., this, this concept wouldn't be so revolting. But, you know, for, for European soccer, it shows you the difference in the culture, I guess. Because, boy, there was just a fan uprising. Whereas I think in the U.S., it would be like, well, yeah, m- more heavyweights playing each other on a regular basis. Sounds good. We like it.
0: Yeah. And if my team's in, great. The the thing that I, I, was surprising to me was not that the pushback happened, but that the pushback came from the teams that were invited to participate.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: you know, it, it, it just shows you the difference in the because let's I mean, this is this you
1: know I'm sure you probably saw it on the athletic. You know, they went crazy with the you know, well, what if you did this in college football idea? Mm-hmm. And yeah, can you imagine if if that happened in college football? And I don't think it's totally outlandish to think we could see. A sort of version of that in the future, where we we trim the fat on what the FBS is, and we go to you know forty programs or something like that that basically do their own thing. But can you imagine Alabama fans being like, "No, I hate this. Don't pick us. We don't want any part of that." No, I'd be like, "Hey, yeah, we're Alabama, of course." Or or the periphery, you know, not even Alabama, but if you're uh, you know Michigan State or a program like that, Arizona State. I mean, we, you know, if Arizona State got picked for something like that, it'd be like, yeah, that's right. We're in, we're with the big boys,
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: it's, it's a different culture there, I think. And I think this, this illustrates it.
0: Yeah. It's people who want to be a part of the tradition. It's more like how I feel and you feel though. It's like, well, this is not what we do. We, we do this. We do the premier league. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, and I do think
1: it really, I mean, you know, I read, I think it was Stuart Mandel I read said this, like, it illustrates that, you know, the European sport ideal is really about, you know, caring for the little guy. Whereas in the U.S., we really don't. We like to pretend we do. We like to, you know, wave the flag for, you know, UCF football. But when it comes down to it, we don't really want UCF football in the Final Four. We want Ohio
0: State and Texas and Alabama and Auburn and LSU and Oklahoma, Notre Dame. Yeah. I
1: mean, look at the final four. We've talked about this in the tournament. We love the underdog unless they make it too far. And then it's like, well, now we got a final four with Butler and VCU. Eh. You know, if we get a final four of, you know, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and Michigan, like, Ooh, all
0: right. I'm in. Mm -hmm.
1: We, we like our heavyweights in, american sports we like the dynasty we like the big guy that we can then hope gets knocked off but that's you know i mean look at look at all of our sports you know golf is at its best when there's a tiger woods uh the nba was at its peak when there was jordan and the bulls um you know i mean it's just or or more recently the warriors like we we like the we like the big dogs
0: yeah it, it's fun to have a hunter and a hunted yeah. And that, yeah. you know, I just think it's
1: different. I'm not saying one is better than the other. It's just interesting how di- cuz really when I heard it I thought, well, yeah, okay. Makes sense, you know, the, the big clubs get together and make more money and share it with less less people. Yeah. That's what we do in American sports, but uh, I guess there it's it's just not as valued.
0: Yeah. It it was a a shocking series of events that will make for a good oral history sooner than later. <laughs> it
1: will. It will. And I, you know, I know I've heard people who know soccer, and I don't claim to be one, and you kind of alluded to it, have said, like, you know, okay, this idea failed, but it's not going away completely. And and it's probably not. I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, the Manchester Uniteds of the world are going to still be thinking, like, well, now, wait a minute. Why am, why am I sharing this pie with you know, teams from Greece that don't, you know,
0: even come close to, you know, getting the revenue or the interest that I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, and, and again, in, in, you know, it's been compared to college football. I mean, we kind of already have it in college football. Football divides division one into two levels. And then it takes that top level and basically divides that into two levels and access and revenue are dictated by which level you're on and and there's no you know relegation or promotion maybe, mm-hmm. maybe there's promotion but you know bandy can go oh and 10 and be embarrassing and they're still in the SEC
0: yeah meanwhile North Dakota State or right you know right. pick your small school that it's not like they yeah. bump up UW no, Whitewater know, I mean, plays division 3 every right. year yeah. right i
1: mean you know i guess you could say well TCU moved up and Utah moved and and so there is There is a crack there, you know. But look at Boise State. Look how good Boise State has been for what twenty plus years now, and they're still playing second division FBS football,
0: basically. Well, and I think probably always will. I think the lesson there is TCU's in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and Boise State's in Boise.
1: In Boise, right? Right? (laughs) Yeah. And so, what does it come down to? Comes the money, and you know, I, I mean. Now I, I didn't know this, I'll be honest, but five of the six English teams that were involved in this have American owners. I heard. I mean, I know some of, like the Glazers own Man U. Well,
0: and the Fenway uh, Sports, John Henry. Group.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, owns Liverpool. You know, and so that that gives you kind of an insight into the, you know, again, that's that's the American sports ideal. Well, more mm-hmm. money, and we get more share of it. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: you know, and and I think there, it just it
0: didn't resonate, obviously. And to have their own fans be revolting against them
1: is stunning. Because it wouldn't happen here.
0: No. Speaking of fans who are not revolting here, uh, ASU basketball fans are just flying high right now. Uh, Kamani Lawrence announced his return, leaving the only question of whether or not Bagley will be back from next year's roster.
1: Has Remy Martin said officially he's not?
0: I think everyone has just assumed he's not. I mean, I assume not, but I, I hadn't heard
1: anything 100%. The way, guess, yeah.
0: the way they've recruited guards in the transfer true. market makes you think that they
1: assume he's not. That's true. Yeah, that's a good, good point. Yeah. Uh,
0: but the other piece is that Hurley has completed his coaching staff. He's added Joel Justice from Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, all of the commentary about him is that he's a huge addition uh, to the coaching staff, especially in the recruiting. Yeah. You know, Kentucky on its own right now with Barbie leaving and him leaving is having its own coaching staff shakeup. Almost
1: had to after last year's debacle. Uh, You know, it felt like it was like, you know, we had a debacle here at ASU. They had a debacle there. And, and, you know, at Kentucky it gets magnified by 10 times. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's not – Totally surprising they would shake things up.
0: I I was intrigued, though, that their guys left to become a head coach and the lead assistant, just True. as it appears uh, to be confirmed, is going to be the lead assistant replacing yeah. Burno. Yeah, um, it's very interesting. D- you know, this is a big time program guy. You know, the immediate attention is on the uh, recruit Sky Clark from the 2022 class who committed to Kentucky with a primary relationship being Justice.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I know that I've read some of the names, you know, of the guys that he has apparently helped recruit over the last few years, you know, Bam Adebayo, and (laughs) Gilchrist Alexander,
0: and Tyler Hero, Of course, Tyler Hero, yeah, you know, I mean, and, and that,
1: is exciting. I, I do think it's gotta be just a little like I don't wanna be the, you know, rain on the parade guy, but recruiting to Kentucky you know
0: it's not isn't the same difficult. It's it's right. not it's, I mean, not, you know, it's like, not the same, but this is a guy who's already in those rooms. Sure, sure. And, I mean and
1: it doesn't hurt by any means to have him uh, yeah just you know well, like,
0: and I don't, and Hurley has I think we've seen this now, this, I don't think I'm talking out of turn here. He has gone into the car wash system now of in and out, in and out, not long-term guys. Um, You know, when you have a team that's seniors and freshmen and the seniors leave and the freshmen leave, (laughs) I guess you're kind of forced that way with 10 new scholarship players this year, but you might as well bring in an assistant coach who's familiar with having to recruit that way.
1: True, true. Yeah, agreed, you know, and you're right. I mean, hey, uh, you know, he's if he's got relationships with, with, you know, elite prospects over the next couple years, you know, uh, does not mean we're going to land him? Not necessarily, but I suppose that, you know, it can't hurt. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm intrigued by it, no doubt. You know, I mean, I, I read Howler's tweet today. I guess Hurley did a media availability. Um, I don't know what the entire subject of is about the signing class or about the coaching hire. But you know, Howler tweeted, you know, you know the the one thing you can say of Hurley's career is that when he's been doubted, he's usually you know responded well. and well, he's being doubted, and I think fairly, coming off last year and and a, a pretty significant egg that was laid, you know, given the expectations. Um, and so hopefully he is ready to fire back, you know, I, trust me, I, I want that chip on the shoulder, of Bobby Hurley, out to prove himself and out to prove you, me, and everybody else who's doubted him over the last, you know, six months that, hey, I, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to get this thing back on track.
0: Yeah, I, I think he needs to have this attitude. He needs a full refurbishing of this roster. And... I mean, he's getting it. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is certainly getting that. Yeah, I mean, God, you're
1: right. I mean, Kamani Lawrence and Jalen Graham right now are the only two guys slated to return, right? Yeah. Like literally the only two guys. Yeah, we're not even we're not even like saying well, but also this guy who didn't play. I mean, I think they are literally the only two guys.
0: Yeah, and Graham is stunning because Boyaki basically <laughs> buried him in it his is. announcement yeah, of mean, his commitment.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that, that you know not only that, but you know he was he was kind of in and out, mostly in the doghouse last year. It felt like uh, you know did not really have a great year you know, has struggled with, and it just felt, yeah, I mean, you know, like all the signs were there, and, and look, he isn't back yet. I mean, I don't want to say it's a sure thing, but the fact he hasn't left to this point is surprising. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah, what I texted you, you know, a week or so ago and said, you know, they're going to need name tags on the first few days of practice, and I, I think that might be legit. I'm not sure that was a joke. Um, because, yeah, I mean, we're going to, aside from, Bobby Hurley and Kamani Lawrence not many guys are gonna you know know the way to the old weather up center we're gonna we're gonna have to give tours
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens because uh, you know as you and I talked about it felt like chemistry was one of the big problems for yeah. this team last year and people not knowing their roles right and, it was and oh, I no. and I don't know how you fix that with 10 new guys <sighs> Uh, Well, what you—I mean—you
1: got to put your hope in two things, I think. There, which is one, you know, you're not like we talked about—you're not adding to what was already there and expecting guys who were already there to adjust. You know, it's almost all new. But also, you know, having a a more rhythmic off season, more traditional—you know, having workouts, having a, you know, a normal build up to a season. You know, you you hope that time that you didn't get last year is is where you can use that wisely this year
0: yeah for sure that's gonna be that that's how disparity? it's gonna have to be. no but
1: but it's at least it gives you some hope
0: uh one other piece that i wanted to mention you know if he is going to this one year and out either from transfers or freshman yeah. style uh maybe is that an implicit acknowledgement that he's having having trouble developing players um, so you might think, as well just – or is it just because this is the way of the world? So he, I think it's
1: probably a little of both. I mean, and probably he would – he would probably say more the latter. Um, and, and, I mean, that can't be dismissed. I mean, we, we've we talked about this, but I guess that became official last week is the, you know, the one-time transfer exemption now in every sport where you're immediately eligible. And, and so, I mean, it's already been – like, the seeds of that have already been planted in basketball and football. I don't think this is going to be some sort of revolutionary, oh, my God, you're not going to recognize the games because it's already been happening. But now it just becomes out there that, you know, you know, guys, guys are going to leave and you're going to have to bring in guys. And, I, yeah, I mean, I think basketball maybe even more than football. I think definitely more than football is going to take on this feel more and more of like, well, okay. I mean, I said it to you last week, I think, you know, or whatever week we were talking, you have this year's team and that's it. And then you worry about next year's team next year and you, you fill the pieces that way.
0: Yeah. I I think you have to.
1: And I don't know that there's going to be a ton more like when we were in college and it's like, well, okay. You look at the roster in February and you say, okay, we're going to have this guy back, this guy back, this guy back. Like, no, it doesn't. Doesn't feel that way anymore. College
0: basketball. Yeah. Well, one roster that we don't have to worry about its construction is the football team. And uh, Doug Haller, yep. as as he often does, gives us the uh, preview of the ASU team following spring yep. ball and state of the program.
1: Just just started this week on The Athletic, and we got the fourth one up. I I, I don't know if that means anything, but I was excited.
0: Well, it means there's a buzz, I believe, because there is a buzz. And I thought his beginning uh, was pretty, you know, his intro before he got into the position breakdown was pretty appropriate. You know, he talked about how we've been a program of peaks and valleys that led to a nice New Year's Eve afternoon in the Sun Bowl. (laughs) I noticed that. I, I thought that was I noticed
1: that line and I chuckled because yeah, it's it's kind of accurate.
0: I thought that was good. He also talked about uh the problem of ASU historically with expectations uh, including yeah. Herb Street predicting the playoffs yeah. uh in Burko's. Yeah. He wasn't alone,
1: here. you and I, you and I both did that that year too, I if I recall, I know I did.
0: Yeah, sure no, did I mean we did, but but we're yeah. not on ESPN yet.
1: He carries more weight. That's true. That's true, but I yeah, I mean I, look, that was one of those years that probably fooled ourselves into thinking certain things. I mean, and that's, you know, it's what we do as fans. And yet that team should have been better than it was. You know, I mean, I look back on that team and that was a, that was an underachieving group. Um, Yeah, it is what it is. But, you know, yeah, look, you, you have to acknowledge it. But I also, and you and I have discussed this many times, we probably will many more times, like, uh, you know, we should be comfortable with expectations. Um, the best programs are, you well, know, Alabama fans, Clemson fans. They don't they don't run from hype; they yeah. expect greatness.
0: Yeah the the thing that's different to me is we went from having a coach who speaks victory to having a co- yeah. a coach with a projection of you know not coolness, but of a yeah. like. Yeah, we're, we should be good. That We'll yeah, see. We got to prove it's it. It's
1: definitely a different approach. It is. And and I know Graham put some people off with his, you know, we're going to win championships. I never had a problem with it.
0: Oh, and uh, I'm not saying did. it's bad. I'm just saying it's think, it's yeah. different when you go into a year with expectations because the quotes from Graham in 2015 were amplifying right. them and the quotes from Herm are more just a passive acceptance. Yeah, yeah. Which
1: I, I guess, you know, I'm okay with that. I, I, am glad that we're not getting you know the old like Lou Holtz uh, you know trick of like you know well we're just uh, we're just gonna try to win one ball game like no no I mean let's we're we're a good team and we have a lot back I and mean, I don't know if you saw that you know chart that's in that article about returning production I mean it was it was a hundred percent at almost every spot yeah now, a we're bit missing of that one
0: O lineman and one receiver one lineman.
1: And, and one yeah, I mean, so it's like, geez, you know, now I know that's coming off of the weird gear. And, you know, some of those guys have not played. you know, receivers is a great example. Like, yeah, we have 94% back at receiver, but not a lot of overall experience there. I mean, a lot of those guys only played three or four games last year, if any. Um, and, and so, you know, there's – you can make those numbers look better than they are. But still, like, a ton back – I mean, I, you know, now – I think it was a Yogi Roth that he quoted in there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, now Yogi Roth is a Pac-12 homer, no question. Um, and he seems to be a little bit of an ASU homer. Don't mind it, but just think it must be acknowledged. He seems to be an ASU guy generally. Um, but he said, you know, I look at the roster and I, I just don't see the holes. And I agree. I mean, that's kind of what we've discussed in the past couple months. Like, you know, you just look and it like, man, where, where are the problem areas? And I don't see that many.
0: No, if if, if if any really, if you want to start nitpicking offensively, I think it's shifting around the line instead of just trying to plug in a right. center, right? Um, Which I don't love. Yeah, but. especially when you know the early reports are he was botching some snaps. I know. I mean, I know
1: the the coach says you know oh, he was awesome at center. I went to the spring game, and I saw multiple bad snaps. I mean, I, you know, like uh, your eyes tell the story and I'm not, I didn't get to see all the practices obviously, uh, you know, but I saw enough that it was concerning.
0: Well, and he's a first team all conference at guard and you've got a a pretty highly touted high school recruit and a four star transfer from North Carolina. Right, Uh, right. don't Don't you want to give the centers a chance to play center and let him keep standing next to Deesh and just mauling people on the left side? I tend to think so, too. Like, keep guys at where they're good. Now, you
1: know, I mean, there are certainly plenty of examples in football history of, you know, like, oh, well, this guy made a position switch, and oh, my gosh, did it work out great. Um, And, you know, so, I mean, it can work. But, yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't love that. And, and the receiver group is yeah. is a, a question mark.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's the, plenty
1: of talent there, but there's not a lot of you know production yet.
0: Yeah, there's you know there's a lot of optimism. I think that Bunkley Shelton is the new Kyle Williams. I think that we were on that early, and it's true. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he's a safety valve. I'll give you that one. Yeah, he's a safety valve. He's not a deep threat, but he he no. did all the right things. He he was never a a problem. Uh, Wilson right. is obviously, you know, has the look. He he has all the measurables. You know, all the height. More from him. Yeah, rare, but,
1: you know, like you're right. I mean, the, the the raw talent looks like it's there, but you want to see it actually lead to results.
0: Yeah. And he should have a better chemistry with Daniels to the extent that was an issue. And he should have a little less deer in the headlights. Hopefully, you know, after these four games.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a rough start. That USC game is just, it's tough to shake from my memory right now because he just wasn't good. And then, you know, those last two games, we, we didn't have to throw the ball much. And, you know, I know he had a big play there against Arizona. Granted, we had a ton of those. Um, but, you know, it's just like, man, you want to see more, given the given the hype that he had. And then I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about Badger.
0: See, like, and like, that was where didn't... I was going to go next is. Yeah. Elijah Badger, uh, you know, Chase Lucas says he's the best of the bunch. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Evan Field says he was impossible to cover. And Frank Darby says, just wait until you get to see him on the field.
1: Right, right. I mean, if he's that good, and then Wilson is your big, you know, strong target, and then Bunkley Shelton is your, you know, kind of slot guy over the middle, and then maybe this kid from Utah is your deep threat, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, then you've got, okay, you know, that's...
0: You know, and that's not even talking
1: uh, about Andre Johnson, who's apparently looked pretty good.
0: Ricky Pearsall's um, back. Ricky who's, Pearsall,
1: yeah. You know, Chad Junior, Chad Johnson Junior. He was hurt in spring, but you know, maybe he he was a four star guy. I mean, so yeah,
0: Lanyata Alexander, who came in yeah, early for spring ball,
1: freshman. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's plenty of bodies there. You just need you need a group of three or four at least to emerge as reliable guys. You know, I, I don't know that you have to have a Nikhil Harry or a Brandon Iuk or Jalen Strong. I mean, it's great if you do. But, you know, if you can have a, a mix, and, you know, I'm excited by the Jalen Conyers kid, the tight end.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he looked good at that spring game from what I saw. When well, um, he is more the mold they want, I think, than Hodges. Yeah. Because I get the sense that, we weren't looking for a receiver tight end hybrid. We were looking for, you know, a college power forward, basically a guy yeah. who was a big body who could box out, not someone who was, yep. you know, tall and lanky. And, and, and,
1: and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of names there, but it's a lot of projection, and that and so that's the one area where I guess if you want to be a, a little bit concerned. You know, you look at 2015 as a great example. It's a similar year because we lost Jalen Strong. And we had a lot of guys back. And you thought, well, okay, you know, as long as it and it didn't come together. The yeah. passing game just never really got clicking until the end of the year. And then the defense was terrible by the end of the year. And, and, and it just, you know, things never clicked. But, you know, I, I, think, there's, I think there's better talent at receiver.
0: Well, and there's Based cer- on recruiting, there is. And so, there's certainly better talent in the backfield and yes. on the line. I, you know the, yes. the the thing to me that the last two games of last season showed is that if teams don't come up and respect the run, it's over. And if they yeah. do come up and respect the run, it might still be over. We
1: could still run it. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's I know going to I read that in that article.
0: So, it, I agree. My my hope is it's going to open up things because if let's say these receivers are just pretty good college receivers and and it's not Alabama this year where you've got two top 20 wide receiver top 20 draft picks at wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's just a bunch of pretty good college receivers, I think they can win one-on-one matchups. And if they're not getting one-on-one matchups, we're going to be torching people in the running game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, yeah, I think that's where our, you know, our identity kind of developed in the, in the second half. Yes, I mean it's only four games, but the second half of last season, when it was okay, we can run the ball. Daniels can be a runner. Um, we've got White, we've got Trainum, we've got Ngata. Uh, you know, I mean, there's DJ Taylor, who I really had forgotten about till the spring game, and he, he was with the running back room. I'm like, oh yeah, forgot about him. He's, yeah. I mean, he's got some size to him. Like you look at him and like, wow, you know, I know he was only a kick returner last year, but you're thinking, geez, this guy. With the speed and the size he's got, maybe we need to get him the ball sometimes on offense, too.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly makes you feel like we have four running backs who can hit a home run on any play. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and
1: that trade him kid is just, I mean, I loved watching him last year. I mean, White was great. I'm not diminishing him at all, but Trayton was so tough. Like, you felt like, you know, he's a guy... Who, you know, at the very least, if he if there's four yards to get, he's going to get four, maybe five or six, because he doesn't go, you know, he doesn't go down at first contact.
0: He feels to me for a, a recent comp, sort of DeMario Richard-esque. Yeah. In that, yeah. He, you know, not that either he or White put the ball on the ground or anything like that. But if we're trying to ice the game, right? he's just so big and so physical. Yeah. It's like trying to tackle a, you know, truck.
1: Yeah. 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 Big guy. But also I think, you know, uh, I mean, I think you're right in the sense of the style, but I think of, you know, a more explosive. Oh yeah. Mario
0: Richard. Oh yeah. You know? I, I like, think he, I think that the running backs in this group are better than the Richard Bellage group. Bellage, I think, I, I think that the, the next closest class to them for comps is Grice and Foster who both had cups of coffee in the NFL.
1: I was thinking just that. I was going to say, man, if these two guys can get to where Grice and Foster were in 2013, mm-hmm. that would be pretty good because those those guys were pretty good. I mean, that was a nice duo we had. We've had, you know, I mean, there have been some positions that you look at. I know Haller mentioned it about offensive line where it's like, boy, it's always a concern. We've had pretty good running backs over the years that, you know, I mean, you look at Herring and Terrain.
0: Uh, Dimitri Nance was solid. Cam you know, Marshall, Bryce Foster, Cam Marshall. I mean, like we've we've had some nice running backs groups. Richard Belage, obviously. You know Benjamin. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I mean, you know we've we've had some pretty solid gr- uh, backs, and you know could this could this group be the best group we've seen? I, I think it's in play.
0: I given think so the too. Bit
1: we saw last year.
0: Well, and the other thing that gives me comfort and and Haller talked about this sort of throughout the piece as something that's a little different. If one of them goes down, it's not a question of like, well, what are we going to do with our offense right. now? Right. You know, the only position offensively that feels that way is quarterback.
1: Quarterback. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, that's, that's one that, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time talking to Jake Daniels a few weeks ago, and I, I still think everything I, I and you both said are, are accurate. He's got to, He's got to raise his game, um, but you're right. I mean, behind him, there's you know, like Herb's quote about Trenton Bourget, or however it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. I still don't know. Uh, was you know, like the the greatest definition of a backhanded compliment. Like you know, well, we could put him in, and he'll he'll you know he'll run the team. Like, okay, I mean, you know, like that. There are worse scenarios, but you could tell that if something happens to Jake Daniels, it's going to be oh boy, you know, we're, we're struggling to find an offensive rhythm. So yeah, we, we need to, we need to keep him healthy at all costs. It seems like.
0: Yeah. Well, and this feels also a little bit like the, um, if something happened to him in like the third quarter of right. a game, that's in hand, right? you'd go we to Borgay. Yeah. But, sure, sure, but if that. it, but if something happened and it's like, this team is good, but something happened to Daniels right. where we're looking at a game or two, you, you already get the sense that like Finn Collins is more talented, more talented for sure. And for sure, yeah. we're just yeah. waiting for the moment when he understands the playbook well enough for them to just make him the two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got a good arm. I, I, you know, I watched, I only saw one series of his in the spring game, but definitely has a, you know, a good arm and, and, and a. You know, what looks to be, at least from what I saw, a very quick release. Like, yeah. hey, the ball is out. He, does, he doesn't have a wind-up or anything like that. I mean, he gets the ball and, and sends it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's young. He's got zero experience. So, you, you'd hate to expect. I mean, I know we've seen examples of, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Tua. And, but those are those are five-star guys. Like, this this kid's a solid player, I think. But I don't want to see him in the lineup this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I you know, I, I think we again, I mean, not to belabor the point, but we talked about it like Jade Daniels has to stay healthy and he's got to get better and he's got to be the best quarterback in the conference. So, to me, like at minimum for us to meet the expectations, he's got to be, you know, when they when they hand out the all conference awards at the end of the year, he should be a no brainer for the all Pac-12 quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely true. And we going to
1: be as good as we could be, I think.
0: Yeah, one, I think he has to, uh, you know, some of these things are pretty easy. He has to be better than Slovis for us to win the South. Yes. So, yes. you know, regardless yes. of what happens in the North, he needs to be better than Slovis. And the consensus so. is Slovis and him are the top two quarterbacks, so if are he's better than Slovis, right. he's better than everyone. He, he should be
1: better, yeah. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of, I mean, the Pac-12 is, it's, an odd one because because teams played so few games you got you know teams with returning starters but they don't really feel like returning starters doesn't feel like they've got the job locked down Washington's a great example I mean, Dylan Morris started every game but that was only four games mm-hmm. he didn't start a road game does he really have that job secure I don't think so you know and there's other examples but yeah I mean we have one of the I think it's what us you know Slovis and and Thompson Robinson yeah, uh, at UCLA, you know, all third-year starters. Um, so I mean, he's he's got to be that, and to me, he's got to be a top, you know, five to eight quarterback in the country. Uh, yeah. And if he is, I think you know we can we can win ten plus games. We go to the conference championship game and maybe a maybe a Rose Bowl, something mm-hmm. like that. I think that is very much on the table if he lives up to that billing.
0: Well, and a Rose Bowl formula that this team could have if he struggles, is Stanford. Now granted, Stanford yeah. did this in, at times with uh Gerhardt and Luck, uh, so they didn't Bye. always have Bye. these issues, but our running Bye. backs could be combined, Gerhardt Light, I would say. Yeah, and this Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And this defense yeah. could rival could rival the Stanford defenses.
1: I mean, I hope so, yeah. Yeah. But I still think,
0: you know, but you need to look at it and you need a quarterback. I mean, you know, like like so yeah, you're right.
1: Stanford has always been in their in their glory run there with Harbaugh and most of the years with Shaw. But, you know, the best years they had Andrew Luck and they had Kevin Hogan. And Kevin Hogan isn't Andrew Luck. You know, he he was a sixth round pick, you know, but Darnie was a good college quarterback.
0: Well, and that's and was, that's sort of what there. I'm saying with Daniels, is if Daniels is just good, if yeah. he's not elite. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's still hope, but you, but I think there's going to be games plural this year that he has to win. Yes, um,
1: I think so too. I mean, you look at—I—I I went through it this morning. I mean, the, the Pac-12 you now, not counting last year because again, it was such a bizarre Pac-12 season. But you know, look at the teams that have won the Pac-12 of late. It's Oregon with Justin Herbert. It's USC with Sam Darnold. It's Oregon with Mariota. It's Washington with Jake Browning, and Jake Browning's career kind of faded. But boy, when they when they made the playoffs, Jake Browning was great before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a big time quarterback. It feels like, or you're not gonna get
0: there. Yeah. On, I mean, on... even Hogan,
1: Hogan won two conference titles, I believe. He was pretty good. Yeah. Not not superstar level, but pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think that if the complementary pieces are elite, pretty good from Daniels will be enough. I yeah. worry that we're not going to get there. Um, I, I I am curious because if teams stack the box and go seven yeah. or eight in the box, Daniels has to win the games, and he's got to win it throwing the ball, not running the ball. He does. He does. You know, yeah. that I Michigan mean, State game, he won that game, but he did it running.
1: He did. He did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's... Look, he's had moments. I mean, the Oregon game, which Haller referenced in that in that column today, he was great. Mm-hmm. And and so, what I want to see in 2021 is that on a consistent basis.
0: Yeah, it At can't the be the season, a season. not be say, a quarter or a half. Right. It has to be one game good. even. Yeah. You know,
1: like I don't want it to be like, "Well, man, Daniels was great in that one game." No, I want it to be like, "Well, Daniels was great." You know, mm-hmm. I mean he's got I'm not I'm not expecting him to complete, you know, 85% of his passes and 40 touchdowns and one interception. But, you know, he's he's got to be the again, uh, to me, five, you know, top 5 to 10 quarterback in the country.
0: Well, the conversation can't be is he better is he a better college quarterback than Manny Wilkins? The conversation has to no. be is he a better college quarterback than Taylor Kelly?
1: Yeah, and and to me, For him to meet expectation, that needs to be obvious too.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is Taylor Kelly. Well, good. But what I'm saying is Taylor Kelly had multiple ten-win teams. Sure. You know, and he was he got every bit of talent out of him, and everyone tells me how talented Daniels is, and you see it, you see it in spurts, the the running. You know, there are times. Yeah, I can't. I'm blanking on it. Was it uh, the UCLA game where he came out in the third quarter and just boom, 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 just drilling past? UCLA.
1: Yep, I remember because yeah, it was like God, where where is this guy all the time? Yeah, when he's just in rhythm and he's firing and he's on target, it's like yes, give me give me that. But more often,
0: you know, and that's the thing is. There were never games with Kelly where you're like, "Wow, he just disappeared," or no, "He just can't no. hit anybody. He's overthrowing or underthrowing or sidearming passes that right. are skipping in." Right?
1: And... Yeah, I mean, Kelly was always the guy. You and I joked about this. That you know, you you you'd watch the game and you think eh, it's just an okay game for him, and then by you know, you look at the stats and he was you know, twenty-seven of thirty-six for three hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns. You're like, wow. Oh, pretty good game.
0: Well, Andrew'd yeah, be winning. Uh, That's the other thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean,
1: you know, he was he was uh he was a rise to the occasion kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you like and I think we said this the last time we talked, Daniel's like at the end of this season, if we revisit our, you know, quarterback since we started at ASU ranking, you know, I want Jade Daniels to make that number one spot obvious. I want him to be. I, I want him to end our debate about: Is it Taylor Kelly? Is it Rudy? Is it Andrew Walter? Is it Brock Osweiler? It's none of those guys because Jade Daniels has made it obvious he's the best. Yeah. All those other guys are nice, but I want. I think he's, you know, talent wise, he's more talented than Taylor Kelly. Absolutely, more talented than Rudy.
0: But, uh, better arm talent, better runner. You yeah, know, Brock and is more talented than Brock and
1: Andrew Walter and those guys had plenty of talent, but you, you know, know, I I think this guy has more.
0: And and here's the thing. You can find a guy on on the other teams, you know, uh the, the receivers you mentioned or Zach Miller. Uh like right. a guy who's more talented than the guys sure. that we have. But top to bottom skill positions plus the offensive line certainty yeah. that yeah. you've got going into this season. It's
1: good offense. You know I know. It really is. And then you back that up with a pretty darn good defense to support you.
0: And I think we should talk about that. Ton of experience. The defense is returning all eleven starters. Yeah. But you know the linebacking core is an NFL draft pick with Robertson. Yeah. Probably a better college player than him with Butler. Butler. Yeah. And then, uh a Mike Nixon level smart college linebacker <laughs> in Soeli.
1: Yeah, and you know. plenty of depth behind him too. Yeah. I mean, you know, guys who played last year who we saw and you know, I mean, do we have a I'm I'm thinking and I don't I think the answer is is no. There's not a guy who played like at maybe at all on defense last year who's not back.
0: Right? Yeah, who actually took a defensive snap. I think we get right. everyone back.
1: Yeah. No, no transfers, no guys leaving eligibility, no guys going pro. I mean, like that's unheard of. Now, again, I know we only played four games, you know. So, I mean, if we played twelve, that might not be the case. But still, to have that much back is is it's unheard of.
0: You're well, never going to have
1: a year like that again, probably.
0: And you've got a secondary that's fifth year senior. Man, starter. As a kids. Yes, you know, yeah. at at three positions are five yeah. year starters. Now, granted, for Pierce, that wasn't all at ASU. No, no, uh, but you but know, still
1: a lot of reps.
0: Yeah, but Lucas five year starter, Fields five year starter, Jack yeah. Jones is in his I think twelfth year of college eligibility. <laughs>
1: Feels like it, but I think it's
0: only his fifth. Yeah, yeah I mean we we've got. We've got a, a back four starting lineup of five year guys. Mm-hmm. And
1: then, guy, again, behind them, plenty of talent. Guys who played some. I mean, Tamarcus Davis played some last year. Jordan Clark. Uh, you know, the the Markham mark kids. The two freshmen that are coming in Johnson and Hill. I mean, like.
0: Well, and those two talent. freshmen, those two freshmen, it's one of those things like it would be really a shame if if Lucas went down. Yeah. Uh, or if Jones goes down. But right. Jones's knuckleheadedness, he hasn't sure. completed a full season at ASU. No, he's not. Anywhere. I don't
1: think he even
0: or, did at USC, yeah. did he? So, I think that the reports out of Spring Ball about how good Hill was makes you yeah. feel okay, right? That like, you know, And you've got, da- like you said, Davis can step in. I, I think Davis is going to be the slot corner. Uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: well, he was solid last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, Jones had a really good game against SC, and then we really didn't face a great passing attack after that. You know, Arizona was not a very good passing team. You know, UCLA was a good offense, but not really a, a pass-heavy team. And Oregon State, that game was, you know, bad weather, and you know, so they, they weren't really tested in the greatest of fire, but Davis
0: was pretty good. Like, when, when he was thrown at, he responded pretty well. Yeah. And the team should be in a great spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a, like,
1: for as as much as we can feel like we, you know, we got shafted out of a potentially really good season last year. And I, I, you know, I do feel like last year we could have been a special run. You know, there just exists this feeling that because last year wasn't what it was supposed to be and we get these guys back... Like man, it is time—put up or shut up—for everybody. If if it's if not now, when? Yeah, and I'm not a big believer in that, you know, saying because I always feel like that's like you know, well, uh, I mean, the program isn't going to shut down if we fall short of expectations this year. We're we're going to play again in 22 and 23 and so on and so forth.
0: No, but if but we fall short, you you have to start looking around.
1: Yeah, you do. You, know. you have to wonder why. You have to you have to examine what caused us to fall short because it should not be player personnel. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be. I'm not saying we're not. You know, look, I'm not saying we're as talented as Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State. I know we're not, but I believe we're as talented as any team in this conference. Maybe maybe not Oregon, maybe not, Um, but certainly in our division. And then when you combine that talent with the amount of experience we've got. With the, you know, the way we finished last year, I think, you know, like, I know the games didn't mean anything, but that almost means more because, like, we could have quit on the year. It would have been mm-hmm. real easy to just quit. And and we bounced back and won the last two games on the road, including the second one in bad weather, December night game with nothing on the line whatsoever. and We went up there and, and beat, a, you know, a, a decent Oregon State team. Not great, but decent. Uh, you know, so we showed some mental resolve, we showed talent, like, man, it's, it, ugh, I don't know what else to say, except it's all there.
0: Yeah, the, this is one of those things, we've talked about it, the, the build, the, the hype is coming, and it's, it is. and it's not just going to be us, it, you're no, starting to not. see this ground swell.
1: Yes, and, and I think it's appropriate, and I think we should embrace it. But it's a fork in the road year. No pun intended. Not not trying to do an ASU fork joke. But it is I mean, twenty fifteen was that fork in the road year for Todd Graham. And unfortunately, we went the wrong direction. We did not meet expectations. It led to an even worse twenty sixteen and him getting fired after twenty seventeen. And this is that year. And much like Todd Graham, that was year four. This is year four. Mm-hmm. And and it feels like okay it's it's time now you could say that about Todd Graham but Todd Graham had two pretty darn good years before that we haven't had that yet maybe we would have last year in a normal circumstance we didn't get it case or uh, but you know we Herm hasn't had the success that Todd Graham had yet just hasn't but this is the time to start doing it
0: yeah yeah and and you have to have to have to make this run because, yeah, you know, much like we experienced with basketball this year, this is the this is the moment. This is the it blend. Is. This is this should be the right mix. You've got a bunch of guys who are about as experienced as they're ever going to be in college Yeah, because yeah. I mean, a... Daniels could leave Robertson. Yeah. Probably they thought he could leave this year. You lose the entire starting secondary for sure. Yeah, uh, you
1: lose a good chunk of your offensive line. You know? Same I mean, with the,
0: the defensive line.
1: Right, right. I mean, now, I will say this. A good year this year, and then you look at the way we've recruited and the way we're continuing to recruit, and I don't feel like this is a one-off year. I don't feel like this is like, oh, if we win you know, 11 games, that next year we're going back to winning five. Right. Because I think, you know, a good year builds momentum and then you're a, you're a target for people who want to transfer and you're a target for guys who haven't committed yet and you know, you can build on that. But yeah, it feels like this is like I said, fork in the road. Are you going to take one path and ascend and become the program we've heard about, we've heard we're going to be, we've heard we're going to be, we've heard we're going to or are you going to go the other way and not get there?
0: Yeah. And then all these guys leave, you say, you know, we're building something, but this was the year you'd pointed me to before. This is it.
1: This is it. I mean, you pointed us to 20 and 21. Again, 20 was a wash, Mm -hmm. but 21's not. So it's, it's time, man. It's time. And I'm excited. I, I am very excited. I am not, none of this is to say I'm prepared to be disappointed. Like many ASU fans like to be, oh, well, we're supposed to be good. That means we'll be bad. No. I don't believe in that at all. You you only become a big time program when expectations become the norm. They don't become something that scares you.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: You know, and it can happen. I I will I mean, I know it's a different background, a different but Clemson used to be that. I mean the the word Clemsoning used to exist. Well they they get close and then they choke. That was what they did. They'd they'd have a nice little season, then they'd fall apart. They'd blow a game to Florida State. They'd blow a game to, you know, and that doesn't exist anymore. You know why? Because they just kept on winning year after year after year after year, and they kept getting big-time talent. And now people look at them and think, I'm tired of Clemson being in the championship. Ten years ago, that would have been laughable. So it
0: can happen. It could be done. That could be us.
1: I mean, again, they have a different – you know, I'm not expecting us to be Clemson because Clemson has put in a lot of financial resources and all that. But, you know, can we be a slightly poor man's version of Clemson? I think that's within the realm of possibility. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, The last thing on our list of things to touch on is uh, Stuart Mandel's Article for the Athletic from uh, April twentieth, touching on how to save Pac twelve football and and save the conference. (laughs) Basically, Uh, Merton Hanks quoted uh, in this as saying, "We're you know we're getting there." Basically, yeah, yeah. Uh, The I'll, I'll say this: the infographics are probably if you don't read the whole article and you just check the infographics. Yeah. Second from the bottom in first round picks since 2011. Yeah. of the Power 5. Last in head coaching salary, last in pool salary for assistance. Uh the worst TV revenue? Is that yeah, Am of the, I of the Power 5? Uh yeah. yeah, we're slightly ahead of the ACC uh in the next round of the right. deal. Right. Um and we are six million behind the big 12, twenty two yeah. million behind the SEC, and almost thirty million behind the big Ten. Yeah, that. Yeah. And, and that gap is not going
1: to be completely closed, but it, it, it needs to be closed some.
0: Yeah. So I, mean, I, it, yeah. The, I, I don't think you can l- look at this and and think that Merton Hanks is right when he says we're close. No, I don't
1: think we're close. I mean, uh, you know, one, one must concede that Merton Hanks works for the Pac twelve, so you know, no. you know, he's got a he's got a dog in the fight. Um, you know, I no, I don't think we're close. I mean, I, it's 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 not lost on me. I'd already thought it, but it, it mentioned it in that article. You know, it's a, it's one position, but it's an important position that we just talked about. It's incredibly damning that the likely starters for Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State are all from California. Mm-hmm. Next, you know, next year's likely starters. Um, and then you throw in Oklahoma, they're starters from Arizona.
0: Yeah. Um, and, Brock Purdy, you know, like, not, not at a right. powerful school, but has generated national attention. But might be
1: a powerful school next year. Yeah. You know, I mean, everything we just talked about with Arizona State, you could say about Iowa State next year. Yeah. Like, they have a ton coming back, and it feels like a year for them to to absolutely break through to the highest level at least for one year, Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, like, there's, there's just, um, you know, I mean, that is, that's tough, you know, and when Bryce Young was going to go to USC and now he's at Alabama and, you know, uh, Clemson, who, who really is not, you know, doesn't recruit nationwide that much, gets DJ Uyangole from, from St. John Bosco. Uh, you know, you gotta you got to keep those top guys. I mean, you know, quarterback is a position that the Pac-10 slash 12 has always been great in. You know, go back to John Elway, Troy Aikman, you know, in our lifetime, you know, Andrew Luck, you know, Matt Leinert, Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, uh, you know, Carson Palmer, um, Joey Harrington, Mariota. I mean, like, you know, the conference has not lacked for great quarterbacks, but right now it is. Yeah. And, and that just is a symbol of the problem. It's not the only problem, but it's a symbol of it.
0: Well, and I think that is the the Sonny Dykes quote from the article yeah. where he's talking about, like, I was at Arizona, yeah. I left, I came back to Cal, and, and the, the quality, quality had dropped. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and they made some points in that article that are true. I mean, look, you know, it's not, it's not Larry Scott's fault that USC's made bad coaching hires. Um, you know, it's, it's not Larry Scott's fault that Chip Kelly has underachieved at UCLA. I mean, you know, like it's easy to blame him and he deserves his fair share of blame.
0: Well, the money, but, the know, absence of money, the money is what you blame and, him for. Yeah. Cause the, the money cause...
1: And, the, and the, by extension, the exposure, you know, the, the fact that the teams aren't, or you know, people aren't seeing these teams because they're, they're not out there to be seen as much, mm-hmm. which goes right in hand in hand with the money. I mean, you know, like the the those two are inextricably linked.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's frustrating. It is because it, you're. It's not too late.
1: I mean, it, it's not too late to fix it. But it, it, you gotta. I mean, this this commissioner hire and what happens with the TV deal are huge. You you know, it can be righted, but it, it's going to take some work and it's going to take some some shrewd moves, which we haven't had a lot of in the conference lately
0: it it, doesn't it also feel at least on some level that we just don't know what to do like we're expecting as fans for it to go badly (laughs) well I think that's what the last decade has (laughs) has caused us you know I mean I
1: think if you if you told you know the the what 20 year old versions of of you and me that when we were at ASU and, you know, USC was riding high and Oregon was building something special and, the, and basketball, you know, I mean, gosh, remember our, you know, our senior year, how good Pac-10 basketball was, you know, I mean, it was, it was eight deep with really good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, a, you know, borderline top 25 team that got left out of the tournament because it was so good, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, like the, it's, it's gone downhill since expansion. Expansion didn't work out the way it was supposed to. And that, that to me was Larry Scott's big swing and miss Um, was not getting, you know, the, the pack 16 with Texas and Oklahoma. And then the the network was been a bust. Uh, And, and, you know, and then, and then the things that are out of his control, the, the erosion of USC football, the erosion of UCLA basketball, not, you know, withstanding this year, but you know, for the most part this decade, hadn't been very good. Um, and, and when your signature program struggle, it's hard, man. I mean, you know, like if if you took away Clemson from the ACC, we'd be having the same discussion in the ACC. With Florida State crumbling, Miami has been in a two-decade attempt to try to get back to prominence. Uh, but you got Clemson, and Clemson is the, you know, that raises all the other boats right now.
0: Yeah, true.
1: And we haven't had that. Oregon's been closest thing to it you know they're recruiting at a high level um they had Herbert you know but they haven't had the major success yet with Cristobal or Taggart before him and you know I mean it's been since Chip Kelly left it's been like well oh, Oregon they're, they're good but they haven't they haven't pushed through the ceiling in the last several years
0: yeah they they fade they do They they. I mean, s- I mean, we losing to us. The game
1: with Jaden Daniels. Yeah. That, you know, that was that was a choke job by them. I mean, we played well, but it was right there for them to get to the playoff, and they they no showed that game basically for three quarters.
0: Yeah. Then they got back in it, but at that point it was too late. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I the article, the the I, I admittedly I skimmed it. I didn't read now, it in great detail, but. It didn't make me feel great. It, it, it more you just know, alerted me like, okay, we've identified the problems, but you and I could have identified the problems. Right. And, and,
1: and when I texted you about it, I think I even said, you know, there's some things that are obvious. Like, yes, we we you know we need to focus on football. We need a better TV deal. The key is, you know, the, the commissioner hires big. And that article made the point that, like, There's Scott never seemed to get that football is the biggest thing. He, that, that wasn't his background. He was a tennis guy. And it always felt like he kind of thought of football as just another sport. And it's not in, in college sports. It is, it is the thing. Mm-hmm. And if your football struggles, which ours has, you fall behind. And, and you can win all the titles you want in gymnastics and water polo and volleyball and
0: all those Softball, even.
1: Softball, yeah. I mean, you can, you can sweep them all. And if the SEC and the Big Ten continue to dominate you in football, it's going to hurt your profile. And that's exactly what's happened. Because go back 15 years. It didn't feel that way. I mean, you know, it was, it was USC was the gold standard in college football in, you know, 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, 08. And, and, you know, we didn't think, like, yeah, the SEC had more resources, but we didn't think of it was like, well, you know, we got USC and Oregon's right behind them and here comes Stanford and, you know, and then you look now and it's like, what What do you have? You got Oregon recruiting at a high level. They haven't won at a high level yet. And that's about it on a, on a national scale. Yeah. And again, I mean, we talked about it for ASU. Like, Oregon kind of feels like they're going into a... It's time to start putting up there. You know, time to Time to get to the playoff. Time to contend for a national title. You're recruiting all these studs, you know. Like, okay, you know, stop, stop going ten and two and blowing a November game. Like, let's let's see you do it. Yeah, true. Now, I'd love to not see them do it this year in lieu of ASU doing it, but you know, like if Oregon's going to recruit the on Thibodeaus of the world, okay, that's got to start translating to championships and not just, you know.
0: Not just, just having morning, first well, round, championships. yeah. Well, and, and not just first round draft picks. Who, right, right,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, like they, you know, I know it's only one year, but I mean, it it looks like Justin Herbert's a big time quarterback, and you look at that and think, did they kind of waste Justin Herbert? It feels like they did. It was good, but they did. They, I mean, did you see this? I didn't see this coming for him. No. What he did last year, because I thought, eh, I don't know, I don't, you know, an idiot. Then you get him in the NFL, it's like, whoa, this guy's good. Why did we not see more of this at Oregon?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those double-edged swords when uh, a guy all of a sudden is great in the pros. Maybe, yeah. Maybe uh, Lou Dort comes to mind for some, I yes. don't know. Yes, a little, yeah. But,
1: God, they had four years of Justin Herbert. At least you can say, well, boy, if Lou Dort stayed. You know, they had four years. He was a starter from midway through his freshman year on, and... You know, and again, he he won. I mean, the last year he won the Pac-12, and they got to the Rose Bowl and won. And that's that's not anything to be ashamed of. But when you know you go into the second to last week of the season with the playoff very much in reach, and then you lay an egg in Tempe, which they did. You know, those are the those are the things that hurt the conference. You need your you need your heavies to be your heavies because Alabama doesn't do that. Ohio State doesn't do that. Like when they're the heavy, they beat everybody. Yeah, and look at what Alabama did this year. Look what LSU did the year before. They didn't. They didn't have a week off. They just crushed everybody. It didn't matter how good you were.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it, it's funny because the power teams aren't doing it. The teams that are the nouveau power teams of Stanford and Oregon aren't doing it. No. And, and no. so. You know, if USC is not good, if Arizona basketball struggles, uh, right. you know, if UCLA basketball has to be the only flag bearer uh, for the conference's historic elite, that's a problem.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah, they went to the final four this year and it was a great run. But, but, I mean, you need UCLA basketball to not be an 11 seed. You know, you need UCLA. I mean, and next year they're going to be expected to be an elite program and, that's what you need. You need them to be expected to be and then do it. You know, not not be preseason top five and then get a seven seed. Like, you know, need them to be as good as they're supposed to be. Yeah. But football is where it's – where the money is made and, and, you know, literally and figuratively, uh, the, the conference has struggled in that realm. I mean, going five straight years without the playoff now, right?
0: Yeah. Oregon went year one and
1: Washington year three. Nothing since.
0: Yeah. That's correct. I mean, that's, that's, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> it's, just, it's tough. I mean, and, and
1: if you were a betting man, you'd bet on that streak continuing this year. And I mean, it's out of the, you know, it's impossible, but there's not. I mean, I guess it's Oregon. But do you look at Oregon and think, oh, yeah, they're they're right there with Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. No. I mean I I don't. Not right now.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. It's oh this just made me sad. This whole talk just made me sad. <laughs> we we gotta get a better TV deal and fix yeah, everything. Like I also feel like I'm I'm like the desperate guy trying to be like, look, just let let's get the T V deal fixed, it'll fix everything. <laughs> i mean in a way i
1: think that's our hope is commissioner higher right which then therefore leads to the tv deal being better and domino effect more money equals more resources equals more exposure equals more recruits wanting to stay on the west coast or come to the west coast uh you know usc gets better Maybe ASU can be a program. I mean, I know our selfish rooting interest is that ASU is a program that, you know, becomes that, like Clemson is to the ACC, like we were just talking about. We're like, okay, maybe they're not the historical power, but they're a power now. Um, you know, but that's what you got to have. And, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. The, the TV deal is a big first step in that.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe they'll make you commissioner and then we can just oh, know it'll be covered. over my head, yeah, yeah. Ah, you'd be fine. You'll, you just surround yourself with good people <laughs> like Merton Hayes. Well, that's
1: true, that's true, yeah, yeah.
0: But man,
1: I, don't, I don't think they're going to, but, you know, hey, my, my phone is always on just in case they call.
0: And, and, you know, you can just tweet right at our formal uh, Twitter <laughs> uh, bio, and, and I'll make sure Matt sees it, too. Absolutely, if you, yes, you know, yes. If you want him, that's all I'm saying. Yeah,
1: if you're out there and you're listening, you know, uh, just, just give me a shout. How about a six-month trial run? See how I do.
0: Let him negotiate the TV deal. If you don't like right. it, you hire somebody else to take over. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But,
1: hey, I don't think that's going to happen, but hopefully whoever it is puts us in a better spot than we are now. Agreed. It'd be hard not to improve.
0: Yeah. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben, the future commissioner of the Pac-12 Matt Story. <laughs> It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.